Welcome to the Live Peaceably Podcast. I'm Lionel Sims, Minister of the Northside Church of Christ. And I'm Camille Lewis, Licensed Mental Health Therapist. And here we talk about the practical side of faith and what it means to live peaceably. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, good evening, good day, good morning. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, we welcome you back to the Live Peaceably Conversations. Um, That's not the official name, but I like how it flows. But Mm -hmm. we thank you so much for being a part of our dialogue consistently. Uh, Even if you're new, we thank you for joining, um, being a part of this conversation. My name is Lionel Sims. I serve as the minister of the Northside Church of Christ. uh, And I'm speaking with my co-host, Camille Lewis. Yeah, hey guys. I'm still here, still Camille. (laughs) Do I need to do like um, a full introduction every time? I don't know because I just wing it. Okay. I, whatever fine. comes to mind, I don't even know. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 um, I wanted to uh, open up with um, a word of prayer, but also in that prayer, considering the state of affairs in the world right now, especially mm-hmm. in the Middle East, Gaza, mm-hmm. Palestine. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, really, really been heavy on my mind as well as you know globally. Yeah. It's been news, and uh, I think people are really not just discovering another world affair but something important has been happening lately and that the things that have been happening around the world have really been exposing um people in our own lives in a lot of ways um i'm really realizing that the more access that people have to information and the more opportunities we're faced with to either oppose or agree the more harm it does to our relationships Mm -hmm. um because you realize that you know somebody and it may not even have anything be anything that you need to have an opinion on but there's just so many points of contention now for every global affair Mm -hmm. um and so there's just so many things that are affecting the news in the middle east right now and 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 it's just it's painful to to watch any human lose their life and to just see the numbers run across your screen the way they have been is overwhelming in a lot of ways it's Mm -hmm. just these are entire lives and I, I i read in a few articles that like people's entire lineages have been wiped off the face of the earth and that's mm-hmm. i i can't i that's 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 dystopian fiction to me yeah. is and so to know that there was an entire lineage of family and generation that just won't they won't live anymore. It's just what, I don't know how to respond to that in so many ways. So it's like, mm-hmm. please be in deep prayer, not just for um, the families that have lost, but also those who are really right now stuck mm-hmm. and can't escape the torment that they're facing. So please, for the refugees as well, for the aid that's going overseas, for um, all of those who you know uh, are, are affected and affiliated with this, just please be in deep prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, about that um because this isn't the kind of thing that we should that we should hear at all yeah um so yeah please be in prayer but if you would go to god in a word of prayer with me mm-hmm. let's pray together uh god you've been gracious to us uh you've been you've been merciful and we're faced with the realization really often that we exist in a very dangerous world whatever it is you've created this world to be father we understand that with all of our autonomy and all of our individual decision-making, we have not treated the creation to the capacity that you have created it with. Uh, There's so many areas where we perpetuate death, but you give life, uh, where we destroy where you try to build up. And Lord, we ask right now that considering the affairs in in Gaza and in Israel, We're asking that you be a shield, um, be a peacemaker. Uh, Please be be grace, Uh, be salvation in in every way possible. Mm -hmm. We're asking that you watch over all of these families that are losing loved ones by Mm -hmm. the day. Father, all of those who are not gonna know life ever from the same vantage point. And Lord, we're asking also that you be with all those who are in positions to make power, that they make power, powerful decisions concerning the benefit of human beings. Mm -hmm. Lord, we're asking that you watch over us as we pray, Father, that our hearts don't fail and that we continue to be a light in the world and do whatever we can to help and lift up the oppressed, Father, because as it remains, it's only their turn right now, Father, and it Mm -hmm. hits 
other people throughout history at different times. So, Lord, we're just asking that you bless us with humanity and compassion everywhere mm -hmm. that we are. Keep us now. Bless our conversation that we be a light in somebody's life personally so that maybe a heart can be pricked in the right direction. Uh, because even a heart pricked in the right direction, you can do wonders with, Lord. So bless, mm -hmm. bless us and keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so in, in conversation uh, about, uh, about, you know, trying to find direction, you know, talking about wisdom in that regard and making sure you're making decisions that are not only beneficial to you, but beneficial to the people in your life. I think, and this is still on the same vein of thought a little bit, just mm -hmm. transitioning into the conversation, mm -hmm. but I think it's imperative how that we realize how important it is to just maintain thoughts that are good. Um, as simply as I can put it, because we let intrusive thoughts win very often and we let biases control us. And what we're doing right now is watching the world that be consumed by biases. Uh, it starts as small seeds. You know, we don't come out of the womb with this deep hatred towards other demographics. These things are planted slowly as we grow up and they continue to, 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 to take root in things that are false narratives. And then they just grow and spread and stretch to other people that are in our lives. And so we often look at the state of the world and wonder, like, where is all of this coming from? But all of it starts really small with the content of every individual's heart, what they're fed, what they nurture and what they keep in their heart. And I think that it's really important for that reason why we have these conversations about wisdom, mm -hmm. because we don't know what we're capable of. And I mean that in both a positive and negative way. Uh, we don't know how much good we can do as individuals, but we also don't even realize how much harm we can be capable of. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, you know, pray for people right now uh, and ask, you know, that you all continue to pray for people that are on the brink of making important decisions or even just making decisions that reflect a, a fallen heart. People that have given up on life really make terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. People that have been overtaken by their uh, their their anger and their frustration. It's just, yeah, it starts very small. So be cautious of what you entertain and what you hold and what you harbor and what you act on because these things compound and we can look at the state of the world right now and just see how it gets when things go farther extreme. Uh, just my thoughts open up, but Camille, uh, <laughs> if I could direct the, uh, the, the energy and, uh, attention towards you. Um, last week we talked a little bit about Proverbs three, mm -hmm. uh, that three, um, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think we got off to a really good, um, a really good foundation with expressing that scripture. So, um, I don't think you went over it like that last time, but this passage, and I know, of course, you've read it before, but um, where do you find it to be most relevant in your life? Is it in the decision making process? Is it in like just like the personal characteristics like, oh, this gives me patience or peace and it settles me? You know what I mean? Where does this scripture land with you when you talk about how it applies to how you live, if that makes sense? Mm, I think it depends on um what season I'm in, I think it lands differently depending on mm -hmm. where I am and what I need. I think where I am right now, um, where where it's landing for me, or the part that I'm leaning on the heaviest is lean not on your own understanding. Um, uh, and I think maybe in other times it's been, um, you know, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Um, so uh, I, I think... Yeah, depending on what it is that I'm dealing with or, or where my heart is. You're going to have to give me a second because that was real heavy. And I didn't know we were going to open talking about all that. And that's already been really heavy <laughs> on my heart this week. I've, I've, I've had a heavy heart already all week. And I, and now you just took me right back into it. So I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to come back out of it. I'm trying to rally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even, you. E even in that, it's, you know, leaning not on your own understanding. Um, and sometimes that means in regards to some of the really kind of horrific things that we um, have to see every day or not understanding how I'm supposed to like just go to work and continue on um, when all of these things are, are happening. Um, not understanding why certain things are, are not happening in my life or in the lives of, of others around me. Um, I think our, our human nature is um, 
that we need to understand certain things and we feel entitled to that understanding. And if it doesn't make sense to me, then I don't have to do it. If it doesn't make sense to me, then I can ignore it. Um, but it's not supposed to make sense to us. And as, as Christians, uh, we, we have to have the level of understanding that says you're not going to understand everything, nor should you understand everything. Um, and it's an understanding of no understanding. And so that is a, it's an interesting kind of dichotomy because we live in a world that, um, where there's information overload and you can understand pretty much anything if you try hard enough and if you do enough research or talk to enough people or find enough resources. But um, as Christians, that, that understanding is not something that we um, are entitled to. But also I think when you get to a certain point in, in your Christian journey that you realize that that lack of understanding is probably protection from something um Ooh. and that uh is pretty big too can be really valuable so once uh we start to kind of shift our um what is the word i'm looking for i don't know our relationship with this whole concept of understanding or um we we have a different view of the purpose of understanding or the utility of of understanding and, and of clarity um then I think it becomes a bit easier to move forward knowing that you're not going to understand God's hand as long as you can acknowledge that God's hand is doing something. I don't have to understand or know what it's doing or why it's doing what it's doing. Getting, I guess, familiar or well, I'm trying to repeat your words because I didn't get the word for word, but um, getting used to not, not knowing or having mm -hmm. answers. Mm -hmm. um, I to follow that up with a question, because I'm just going to be a little bit of an opportunist here, and I know that you are you know, growing in real time, mm -hmm. but I feel like that that's valuable. Um, how do you see yourself processing these kind of scriptures as you struggle with them? Like, is it, are you like a, repeat it over again in my mind like remind myself type or is it a let me see if I can understand this better type you know what I mean um like, am I sifting through the passage and like trying to get it or is it just like I know what this means I'm just trying to remind myself that this is what I'm at I think I think sometimes um I uh I understand it cognitively but I, I struggle with the acceptance of, of certain things. Um, I was talking to God yesterday, you know, I was like, God, multiple things are needing to be true right now. It's true that I believe you and I trust you and I acknowledge that what is or is not happening for me is on purpose and because you're you're deciding that, that and I know that, that is, it's for my good, whatever is happening in my life, I, I know and believe and trust that it's for my good. And I do not like it, it does not feel good and I'm having a really hard time with it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm yeah. that, that's that's where I am lately it's the you know multiple things are, are true at once um God God is good and he's always going to work things out for my good but it doesn't always feel good in the moment even though I know that it has to be for my good otherwise uh, otherwise God is not good you know but if I truly believe that that's who he is then okay I have to I have to rest in that I have to rest in the in the knowing that um, I have all the information that God wants me to have, and that's it. I'll be having to tell God, all right, whatever, you got it. Kind of. Like, <laughs> um, it's yeah, that's I mean that's just how I feel about stuff like that when you're yeah. really when you just can't feel the good in it. It's just like I know that I can't sort it out. I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so all those things and trying to figure out where God is taking the scenario leads you to a mentality where you're like okay like this hurts right now it's like i've been seeking i've been praying you know that i'm going to continue to pursue you so mm -hmm. can you just please help me out like now in the moment because mm -hmm. it hurts now mm -hmm. or it's like it's tough now but it's like all right whatever you mean it for good okay all right i'm gonna just shut up yeah yeah i'm gonna just shut up yeah I, I i think i've i think i've been praying for mercy too like okay i know that you mean it for my good but like you know that i'm struggling yeah. with it right now can you can you help me with the hard part of it so that I can sit in, in the, in the stillness so, or so that I can, um, stay patient so that I can, uh, remain obedient. So, you know, so that I don't like, <laughs> uh, try to, I don't want to take things into my own hands, 
but you and I both know who I, you know, the, my, my, my carnal instincts. And you and I both know that if I get to a certain level of, of frustration, that I may not make the best decisions. I don't want to get to that place, God. I don't want to get there. <laughs> uh, you praying to God. All right, now. All right, now. Come on, now. <laughs> we're getting kind of close. we we, we getting <laughs> to close. To my breaking point. You okay. know where it is. I, I trust you. I, you you, you got to have something for me. You got to have something for me soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I ain't got this much patience. You know, I've got one week in me. That's all. Listen, you know, and, and, but it's like, okay, God, like, I, I know I can't, you know, tell you what to do or how to do it, but I'm asking, I'm, I'm, I'm begging for some mercy because these parts are painful. These parts are difficult. And I know that you wouldn't have, but then I, I'm always like, okay, but I know that you wouldn't have given it to me or, or you wouldn't allow me to go through it if I couldn't handle it. Sure. Well, then help me handle it. Am I handling it? Am I handling it? Well, like, help me handle it then because it, it, it's, it's feeling, it's feeling heavy. It's feeling difficult it's it's feeling arduous it's feeling exhausting so am i handling it or what am i missing <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's a big conversation that i always try i, I feel like i'm always tapping into it a little bit from the pulpit mm. and it's like always kind of not just like a one sermon kind of thing because i feel like it's a part of our mentality as human beings in trying to you know navigate our relationship with god and that is trying to really um accept the fact that like there's so many things that God is doing in our lives. That it's like, like, listen, it's just like right now I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a, a view of the Bible or the gospel. That's just like, I believe that God is going to make my life easy. And so now mm-hmm. it's like, I know everything that I could be experiencing. I know that everything that I'm going through, you know, like you said, is ultimately for my good. Mm-hmm. It's just still a mentality for us that we often carry that we think that God is, aligning his definition of good with ours Mm. um and i know we talk about that often it's like we 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 when we say that god is working it out for our good what we're saying is that god is working it out for what god understands to be good right and it's like whatever it is god is making of us often we can't even see the full picture not because he hasn't revealed it necessarily but because um we are looking for a result or an end game that doesn't look like God's end game. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to like trying to track God while walking on two different paths. Mm-hmm. All the while we think we're walking in step with God mm-hmm. because we're trusting God to do a good that we've already defined for ourselves. And mm-hmm. so it's like not even necessarily a selfish thing. It's just like when we want a favorable outcome in some way, it's like we think that this is the good, um, the good thing or this is like he's working it out towards the end game, towards the good. But a lot of us go through life and we never fully like we never fully see the good that God is doing in us mm. because it's like we, we take the bumps sometimes as they come, we see the roadblocks, we hit the speed bumps and whatever it is that life throws. And, you know, often if I'm being honest, we survive it, but our faith often takes a hit, mm. you know, or we try to recoup and we try to say, you know what? God's got me next time. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a team mm. that just lost a game. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, you were supposed to win the game, but next game we're going to win. It's like, well, what if God has you losing every game this season? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so all those things are part of how is God actually walking me down this path? And am I trying to see the path from the vantage point of God? And do I know in a practical way what it looks like to see the hand of God in my life? I think is what I'm ultimately trying to get at. Mm -hmm. Because if you aren't seeing the hand of God, you're not going to be encouraged or edified to continue to pursue God Mm -hmm. in your decision making. Mm -hmm. And often that is a big fear that we carry is that we we, we want to ask God for our needs, but we often know that sometimes it hurts. So we try to say, God, okay, these are the instructions for my needs. I know <laughs> what you did last time and that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So let me be a little more specific so that it doesn't hurt, hurt again like it did. But I think all those are elements of trying to, you know, really figure out, do I see the hand of God actually guiding me mm-hmm. as, as I'm, you know, trying to navigate it or seek him for wisdom or understanding. It's like, where do you see the success of God in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that. Where do you see the success of God in your life? Because if you, if, if that's what you're looking for, then you'll see it wherever you look. We can use our own history to show us the success of God. God has brought us through so many different things or has made things work in our favor or has made things come to pass or come to fruition that we could not have orchestrated ourselves, And I have to do that often. I have to 
remind myself. There have been so many times where I've been amazed by how God put things together. And I'm like, I definitely wouldn't have thought of that. But you know what? Yeah, this is this is pretty good. Or, oh, yeah, this this is a little bit better than what I thought or what I was trying to do. And that's what, what gives me comfort when I'm in these seasons of kind of uncertainty um, or in these, you know, kind of seasons of stillness. That's what that is what gives me comfort is that God has never made a wrong decision. I have. And we question our own decision making abilities all the time. But God has never made a wrong decision. So. I have to trust that the decision that he's making now is also not wrong because they've never been wrong. If we look for God's success, we'll find it. And I appreciate that. Um, that cause, so I want to ask actually as a follow up to that, because I do it my way, but I know our, all of our ways are unique to us. Mm-hmm. And when I think about how I'm gauging, how God is working in my life, that's really been a very, very long journey for me mm-hmm. because you know, when, when you're trying to figure out if God is, you know, doing things in your life i i ask different people or i talk to different people about it and they kind of give different descriptions mm. they give different descriptions based off of their individual values like you know uh how do you see the hand of god and it's like and it's like oh you know i'll be talking to you know some brother and it's like oh my goodness uh i'm so glad you know my my my, my son broke up with that mean girl mm. it's like so that's where you see the hand of God in your life. That's what you've been praying for. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like this is this is so this this is how you as an individual view God being successful in your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and that's important, you know, because it's like this is the standard that you're holding God to, mm-hmm. uh, and this will have effects on your relationship with God based off of His, you know, victory in that matter. And so it's, it's I I listen to that and I think it's interesting because sometimes I say like in through biblical talk, like. I feel it's like, oh, there's a right and a wrong relationship to do things, a way to have relationships. Some relationships are toxic. Some relationships are, you know, uh, are have an end game. But all the way through, I'm like looking at different people in our relationships. And it's like everybody truly is walking their own path mm-hmm. with the same God. Mm-hmm. And that's that's, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to wrestle with that. It's like because my, my experience with other Christians has been one more of the expectation of trying to align lifestyles hmm. right i'm trying to align you know i do this this way so you do this this way and you do this this way too and that's a really big conversation in churches it's just like we're supposed to all have the same style of walk and then i look around and i'm just like there's people who are just as genuine and sincere but they see a different role than i see mm-hmm. i'm wondering what to do about that you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like i can only be responsible or accountable for my path but when i realize that other people are walking unique individual paths it does change the way i view and engage my own path mm-hmm. you know because now i'm not just asking god like make my path or, or, or like help me walk my path the way this person is walking their path. Right. You know, now I'm just like, okay, just help me put one foot in front of the other in my individual path. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, and that requires so much self-honesty for me. Cause now it's just like, oh, you can't lean on somebody else's walk with God no. in order to make your own way straight. Mm-hmm. You can't judge how somebody else is worshiping to determine if my worship is sincere. And that even comes with style. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, our fellowship even mm-hmm. is like when it comes to just, let's say, um, expression in worship, mm-hmm. like the physical expressions, like you have some places where you walk in and it's very, very, very quiet. Mm-hmm. And some places you walk in and it's just exuberant and it's, you know, boisterous and loud and, 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 and celebratory. But it's like we're in no position to determine the individual sincerity. But that does require that we ask ourselves more where does our individual sincerity come from Mm -hmm. what does my genuine worship look like Mm -hmm. because now it's like oh i'm not going to be judged off of how you worship i'm going to be judged off of how i worship right now i can't blame you for the quality of my praise you know it's like those are the kind of things that i look at when it comes to developing your path or walking your path it's like not only do I realize that my path is different from everybody else's, but do I have an individual have a grip, a grasp on my path? Mm-hmm. You know, do do I see that, and is it aligned with how God has determined to work and stay alive in me? And that journey is just like, I mean, talk baby steps. Mm. I, back to square zero. Let's try to put, you know, one foot in front of the other, because now I'm processing my whole lifelong series of issues or or ambitions or whatever it is and 
I got to figure out what is what what has been what has God been trying to say. Mm-hmm. What, how has God been trying to move in the life that I've been given? And that's just 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 something that you know I've I've been like I've, I don't does that does that make it, sense it does, at all? Like, it does, does make sense. I think you're you're speaking to um, the individuality in each of our relationships with God. You said even though that we're all, we're all walking. Um, different paths are walking it with the same God. And that just speaks to that, that fluency that God has that we talked about, that he's fluent in every single language for every single person. Um, I think it's natural as, as humans for us to kind of compare to, um, to other people. But once we really lean into the individuality of our faith, then I think it um, becomes easier to have honest and authentic and intimate relationship with God. If your, if your relationship with God is all based on what other people are doing, then is that your relationship with God or your relationship with those people? So when you shift the, um, well, maybe it's not, it's not a shift, but it's, it's really, um, acknowledging like who's actually in this relationship. Um, and it's, it's, it's not between you and other people. Like y'all happen to see my expression because we are, we're congregating in the same place, but y'all don't know where that comes from for me or why I'm worshiping the way that I am worshiping. Sometimes I'm a quiet worshiper, but oftentimes I'm a very expressive worshiper and it wasn't always that way, but it was when that, that relationship took more of a, of a priority than the, um, perception uh, and, you know, growing up in more traditional churches, like perception takes a bit more of a priority, um, meaning like how other people are responding and reacting to how you are showing up. But that is not true worship. And so when I kind of reprioritized the different elements of my faith, then my worship became a bit more expressive. It became a little bit louder. It became much more personal. Um, I, I don't really care what other people are doing in the assembly. I really don't. Uh, when, when I see other people who are more expressive and sometimes you can kind of tell when it's like, you know, really authentic and coming from a really real place. I love that because that's what we're here to do. If you come to the house of God and you're thinking about the other people more than you're thinking about God, then something is wrong and something needs to be readjusted. And we, we need to make these realignments to make sure that our heart is in, is in the right place. I, I understand the, the kind of, um, like human and, and mental, um, task that, that comes from like being in social environments and some of the social anxiety that comes up. And that does find a way into our faith journey and into our relationship with God, because we are in fellowship with other people. And so that's the social component of that makes it sometimes difficult to be as authentic and transparent and intimate as we, as we truly ought to be in relationship with God. Um, but this is a gathering place for spiritual exaltation. So all that other stuff is, is just not as important. And I think that we do have to be pretty intentional and mindful about where our priorities are when we gather together. Because it's, it's really easy to get distracted by the other people. And it's easy to focus on that instead of what we are actually here for. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And I... So let me, if, if I, yeah, in mm-hmm. response mm-hmm. <laughs> to that, because uh, as you're saying that, I'm thinking like in my experience, because I share the exact same perspective as you, like worship is an individual practice. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I mean, that's what I believe. That's what I preach. That's what, you know, that's, I believe that's the essence of all of it. And then like in just reading the, <laughs> reading the, the gospels and the life and teachings and ministry, public ministry of Jesus and seeing how he interacted with different people. Um, you can tell that Jesus's demographics really started to merge at, uh, during his ministry. Like he treated a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees in similar ways because they had similar mentalities. Mm. He treated poor people in similar ways because they had similar mentalities as well. Same with his disciples and, you know, the different groups of people that he came across. Um, but when I think about how harsh Jesus was to the Pharisees and Sadducees, I'm thinking about that now more, I think, in ministry from the perspective of serving people and how important it is that people be supportive of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jesus had such, he had such, such tension towards the Pharisees and Sadducees because of how egregious their behavior was mm-hmm. towards the people. 
And I think about that a lot when it comes to church, because I do stand up and tell people like worship is individual. Worship is personal. Worship is yours. You can't let these people stop your praise, you know. So all these elements of you having to make it personal is really what you have to be founded on. But at the same time, Jesus made it very clear how important the community of believers were, mm -hmm. because a lot of people we and we say it all the time. like we will we'll, 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 we'll often uh, not even acknowledge how rigid we can be towards individuals and their different worship styles or mm -hmm. their different ways of thinking or their questions that they ask during our Bible classes. Like when we see people and they look weird, we look at them weird. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's not just like this is the place where weirdos can come to ask questions. Right. It's like, no, if you come in, you do something a little different, we're going to make sure you know you're a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. all those things that people do in the house of God, it's like, no, 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 we got to be held accountable for those things because our influence on one another is what God is holding us accountable for. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like we keep trying to uphold other people to these standards, but it's like God is literally trying to move you off of that and saying it is not your job to uphold these people. I will uphold these people. You encourage these people and edify these people and build these people up because whatever it is they're dealing with and they're going through, they're doing it for my sake, not your sake. Mm -hmm. They're going through it because of what I'm doing in them and you don't know the full details of what's going on in their life just like you don't even know the full details of what's going on in your life. And so trying to interact and give people that spirit of individual worship is important, but it's also necessary that we acknowledge that everybody else belongs to God as individuals as well. Mm -hmm. And we have to acknowledge and treat and move through the world like that because I don't like it when people try to step into my relationship with God and re readjust and manage things that only God and I are aware of. Right. You know, it makes us uncomfortable sometimes, but when you have a community of people that are just encouraging your growth mm -hmm. and that are supporting whatever development it is you have to make, it changes who you are as a person so much. Mm -hmm. Even just in the way you comment and compliment people down to the way you hug people or down to the way you you express your agreements or disagreement with people's actions or behaviors there's so many things in that realm alone that would make us a completely different group of people as mm -hmm. christians mm -hmm. because it's like that's where the weight of um of 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 excuse me uh, uh letting god order your steps actually like becomes applicable that's where it manifests that's where the rubber meets the road it's like this is where you're supposed to learn that lesson when you're talking to other people and edifying them and when you're showing the grace that God has given you, this is God literally showing you where your paths are supposed to be straight. But mm -hmm. I feel like it leads us back to this element of needing to have control. In what way? When we want to determine the righteousness of ourselves and other people, mm. instead of understanding that we're all work in the hand of God, as you were saying something a little while ago, as like just kind of, um, you know, uh, trying to accept where we are on the journey and asking for mercy. Even mm -hmm. I was thinking about the, uh, God's, uh, God, this, this, this big illustration of God being the potter and we being the, us being right. the clay. Right. It's like, we often think that there's just supposed to be this hardening point. Like, when am I going to solidify? When is mm -hmm. this going to come into its final shape mm -hmm. or form? Mm -hmm. Because God is molding me. Right. So what are you molding men to? Okay, God, I see mm -hmm. the handle. I see the base that yeah. you're forming. And then if you just watch a potter form a pot, it's just like, okay, that's not where I thought mm -hmm. you were going. Okay, so, why, so why'd you build that up if you were taking it down? Mm -hmm. So you just added clay. Why are you removing clay? Mm -hmm. Like all of these things now that are coming into fruition is just, um, is just uh, it leads us to wanting to say this is where the end game is going to be. But it's like, no, the objective is to, to stay, stay moldable. Right. Like right. allow God's hand to continue to shorten you and raise you up and to stretch you out and to bring you in mm -hmm. because the process is in somebody else's eyes. But at the same time, 
getting familiar with being a part of the process is imperative when it comes to moving in wisdom. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that before too. Um, and that has been a part of my prayers, you know, make me be malleable and, and moldable. Um, because God is gonna like God, God's gonna move and God's gonna work. And the more malleable I am, or maybe this is just the way that I think about it, the more malleable and moldable I am, um, then the more ease there will be in the in the molding and shaping of me. <laughs> but what does that e- what does that mean? What does that look like? Right? My this goes back to our definitions and my definition of ease versus God's definition of ease. Um, maybe in my mind that means it'll be less painful, but maybe in, in God's mind that means that um, He'll get my attention quicker. So. I, I don't I don't know, yeah. but I I do know that it's it's better to be to be moldable and to be malleable, um, because God's will is going to get done one way or the other, and I don't want to have to be <laughs> I don't want to have to be um, something that uh, unnecessarily causes things to be more difficult. I think it was um, I think it was Jackie Hill Perry, and she was like she said so- something to the effect of. I don't want to choose a hard that um, that God did not uh, orchestrate. Like things are going to be hard anyway. <laughs> if I'm going to do something that's hard, let it be because God is guiding me to do this thing and it just happens to be hard. Let me not make things hard just because. It's already hard. It's already <laughs> going to be hard, okay? I'm willing to do the hard thing that God is telling me to do. But once I realize that I'm adding additional hard things unnecessarily. Well, that's just silly. And, and I don't want to do that. I mean, make me feel stupid. <laughs> yeah, for that's, sure. That's, I'm that's over here making, is. climbing mountains that, that I no ain't even supposed to be touching. Yeah. yeah. For, for literally I, no yeah. reason. I can identify. Mm-hmm. I can identify. Certainly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. I think about, I mean, in keeping with the illustration, like there's, it, it's helpful to stay moldable as the clay for the very reason you said because it does allow even though it's tough to see yourself being molded all the time and being shaped and reshifted it's much easier to be molded at a malleable hand than to consider yourself to be a finished pot and god have to break you in order to reform exactly you. exactly that because now if you've hardened to the point where you can't be malleable mm-hmm. then the only way you can be reshaped mm-hmm. is if you're broken yep and it's like now here we are always broken but mm-hmm. never learning how to be malleable yeah and the thing and is like, because I've, yeah. I've i've worked with clay and i've done some pottery into like all the, the different the different steps so like if you get to a point where you're no longer malleable and god has to break you in order to make you malleable again the process of taking something um and like breaking it and turning it back into a clay that can be used again is that it has to be like ground up into a dust and then like Come drowned on, in water somebody. and then like kneaded into <laughs> like actual clay again. So like in order Come to on. get from that place where God has to break you, he has to take you back to literally ground zero, like before even ground zero. And then we're going to try this thing again. Like at every, at every process in the pottery and, and ceramics, like there's, there's opportunity uh, like for, for adjustments to be made until you get to a certain point and no more adjustments can be made and then you just have to scrap the whole thing, break it, ground it up into a dust and start it all over again. And yeah. it's like, this is, all, it's, it's already painful. Like, why are we... So now all of that that you went through, all that whole process, because even the whole like pottery process, it's, it's a long process even to get to a finished a finished product. And it's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's a very like involved process with the, like the, the, the potter and the clay. It's a very involved process. A lot of work has to go into every stage. And then there are some stages where you just have to sit and wait for like three days for it to get to a, a, a certain point before it can go into the kiln. So like before you even go into the fire, like you just have to kind of sit for a while without any movement. Like there's, there's a lot of all these. So if you're going through all these different processes, it, to, to get to a point where you're where you're no longer malleable and God can't do what, what needs to be done. Then what was all of that? <laughs> like all of that work. We talk a lot about like not wanting to waste time and not wanting to, well, listen, the, the way to not waste time is to, to be as moldable and as malleable 
as possible so that the finished product can be what God originally intended, not what we gave him to work with because we didn't want to cooperate and he had to make it work for our good. So it's not originally what he intended, but it's going to work for his good anyway. I'd rather go on and, and let me be what you are intending me to be, God. Go on ahead. <laughs> That's my two cents on the on the, the metaphor. Oh, no, nah, you got the mic. Go ahead and preach. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> we are not done. We are not done. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to break it and then ground it up into <laughs> fine powder. All you need to come on. I know you go the whole way. Go the That's whole it. way. You've been in church long enough. You can finish the whole sermon. Then what happens? You got to add water. You do. You got to add a whole lot of the, the pieces got to be small enough. Then you got to add the water and you add it with some other. <laughs> right. It has to drown you, basically. <laughs> Turn this into a baptism sermon. <laughs> oh my goodness, that uh, uh, I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. The hard road is, I mean, when it's unnecessarily hard, mm-hmm. that's even more like frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's you just already hard. That's that. the thing. It's just already hard. Why are we making things? Once I, once you realize how like you're making things harder by like resisting, or by. Yeah like trying to be louder than God or trying to, you know, force things to happen the way that you want them to. Once you realize that you're just making things harder and you are elongating this journey that you're on, that's when I put my hands up and I'm like, oh, you got it, God. You, you, you got you it. You know what? That's exactly, ironically, and I like this, uh, the way these two passages merge together with God being a potter and with the clay and also with him making our path straight is uh even though the molding process is like a, literally a constant shaping it's an inconsistent flow you're moving things around and keeping things um adjusting and shifting i believe that that is how god makes our paths straight mm. like being malleable is the straight path mm-hmm. because yes. you get to grow and you get to learn and you get to hold on to parts of your life that you know didn't have to be thrown away due to toxicity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, now it's just like, when you've, when you've been running off of your own ego, it's just like, okay, I've had, you know, for example, I've had 10 relationships, all of them that have been terrible. It's like, well, it's like, yeah, now all that you've done, like you have to figure out what's the hard lesson that I've had to learn from these terrible things. And it's just like, mm-hmm. now I got to break it down and ground it up and try to make something mm-hmm. new out of it. Mm-hmm. But if I would have had stronger morals or a stronger guideline going into my relationships, I would be able to look back on my past and say, you know what? These situations may not have worked out, but these people really did bless my life. Mm-hmm. You're able to move through the world, making decisions based off of where you really are, instead of just responding to the, to the, to the, to the negativity that's around you. And it really does change the trajectory of how you move through the world because you you've decided to stay malleable and listen instead of just bump your head against the wall mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it really does. It really does. Staying malleable is what makes your path straight. Mm-hmm. Cause now you're listening and you're paying attention. Even when you are in the relationships, it's like you let you, you dealt with something for, you know, a year, two years longer than you should have because you weren't listening. You mm-hmm. weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. You weren't being aware of where that person's spirit was, or even in your own life, you were trying to, uh, developing a job or a position and you were trying to uh, uh, you know manipulate your way into co-workers with co-workers because that's how you thought it was supposed to be at your job and then it's like if you would have just you know kept it kept it really honest and operated with some integrity then you would have a letter of recommendation for your next position you know what I'm saying it's like all the things that you did that are destructive are now coming back to bite you even though you can learn lessons from them operating with a malleable spirit would have given you such a richer wealth of experiences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you can now learn from and live with. It gives you so many better resources. Like, I mean, even just if I were to look at you in your life and like the things that you grew up around and the people that you grew up Mm -hmm. around, there are so many different directions your life could have gone. Mm -hmm. But now in adulthood 
like you have good relationships with your family. Yeah. You have friends that you've known for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a position to where you um, can see in at least in general where your life can be in the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't think often we recognize like at some point in your life, at some point in your upbringing, you could have been one weird decision away mm-hmm. from, you know, being disconnected from everything and everybody because you wanted to act selfishly or because, you know, you, you wanted to retaliate against somebody where you didn't have to family dynamics could have been destroyed, but somebody in your midst kept their tongue to themselves Mm -hmm. and pulled somebody aside. It's like, because operating like that really does pay off. And that's what I think the spirit of uh, Proverbs has been kind of doing for me as I read it, because I've always been overly spiritual when it comes to studying the Bible. It's Mm -hmm. just, very internal 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 but like the book of proverbs is trying to get us to understand it's like no no no. making good decisions really does have a direct effect on how your lifestyle looks Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah god is making your path straight but he's doing it by showing you how to move smoothly Mm -hmm. through this weird terrain of a world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i have been so grateful to get to a point in my um spiritual maturity where I uh, can I can recognize the lessons as they're happening rather than, rather than having to wait to see everything in hindsight that has been such a benefit no. and such a blessing um, no. and I am so grateful for it and I'm, I may not see all of them as they're happening there may be some that I'm that I'm missing you know I'm still human but um, generally speaking, I have an easier time um, catching, I think, what what God is trying to put down. And maybe that comes from always being in pursuit of him and of his voice and having that discerning spirit. Um, but I think a lot of it is coming from the times where he had to sit me down in a real painful way because I wasn't paying attention. And I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and uh, and then be really present with you at all times, God. Let me let me pay attention to what's happening as it's happening, because when when He got to sit you down and really get your attention, because your attention is not in the right place. I don't I don't want I don't want that smoke. I do not want that smoke if I can avoid it. That that's that's a hard that I don't need. <laughs> and that's the hard part is that God's gonna sit you down and then show you yourself, and He's always right. So. He's he, he going to show you yourself and he's going to show you how you've been out here wilding and acting a fool for no reason when you didn't need to be. And you can't say nothing back because he's right and, and he's going to be right every time. And it's a it's a humbling experience. It's so, so humbling because so every time, at least in my life, when it's happened, God's had to sit me down um, in a way of reminding me this. You don't have this control. You don't have this kind of control. And you've been moving like you did. And you didn't. So I'm having to remind you that you're not in control. You never had the control. You would know what to do with it if you did have it. So stop. Mm. T- just take your hands off of it. It's not yours and never was. Why, you, why are you playing with things that aren't yours? Give it back to who it belongs to. And you kind of just have to sit there and be like, yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> My goodness. God be patronizing me. My goodness. <laughs> You really do. I know he's I'm, sick of me. I've been wanting to tell God I'm not a child. Then I'm like, yeah, I am. I am. I am. Very, very childlike. Yeah. And I'm over here listening like, I really wish God would show more people themselves. <laughs> it's like, how come God only showing me myself? You know, Why don't you see you? <laughs> he, 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 he's showing. But, but I think sometimes, like, even when he shows you yourself, you can either pay attention to it or you can you can turn a blind eye to it and still continue to go in the direction that you want to go. Even when God shows you yourself, we always have a, a choice about whether or not to look. Bruh, I have looked God in the eye and said, no. You see? <laughs> I, see? Literally, <laughs> no. <laughs> right, right. So he, he might be showing people themselves, but are they paying attention? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like we have this consequence, punishment, reward system that we operate with. And, like, if the punishment for our actions isn't too bad, we'll keep doing it mm-hmm. until it gets bad enough. It's nuts. It's, it's really it's really wild. I, I think, you know, when, when God's trying to show you yourself and you refuse to see it, I think that's a form of self-sabotage. Because you refuse to see what God is trying to show you, and then you keep going down this path that you want to go down. 
and then it's and but then you want God to bless it still, but you're not going on the path that He wants you to go down. What makes you think that you know better, or that where where you're trying to go is better than where He's trying to take you? And then now you're mad at God, and then now you have this big wedge between you and God, and then now you're in sin because God don't care about me anyway. And then now it's just further and further and further away. It's it's just the the spiritual self sabotage really has us in a chokehold sometimes. And if I could, that's spiritual self. As you're talking, like I, it just kind of formulated. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like the religious pattern of our generation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and how we have fought that same battle of trying to do the right thing, trying to do the spiritual thing, trying to do the Christian thing, even. Um, and then as we grow, we become like children who turn into, uh, you know, preteens and teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it's just like at some point, even when it comes to dealing with our own parents, we realize like. I don't have to do what you say. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally defy you and there won't be any consequences. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally do the wrong thing. Once our, especially once our parents get their hands off of us, mm-hmm. it's like I can do the wrong thing and nobody's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I feel like our generation has, because, and this is what, you know, not just the flow of, uh, my personal relationships with people in our generation, but also just what I'm seeing in on social media, um, in larger conversations, uh, in other platforms that just have to deal with us and how we as millennials specifically, I'm talking about like our demographic mm-hmm. has responded to our religious upbringing. Uh, because if you pay attention, like to the, to just the religious trends, I know that we're a particular demographic. We're not evangelical, uh, like as, as, as the definition goes, but, uh, Every, if you follow how the kids who were raised in the 80s and 90s are with church now and how they view it, there's so much deconstruction talk, Absolutely. right? There's so much, let me, because it, it really looks like a generation of kids coming out of trauma. Like, that's what we look like. Mm-hmm. That's who it's we like are. These, exactly. We, we, we're just breathing like these people have been spiritually abusing me. They have been beating me and I'm glad to be free. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you, it's very difficult to, um, to ease people's spirit when their foundation is spiritual malpractice. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want people to learn patience with God, mm-hmm. you can't set an example of abuse to them because that makes it feel like you're telling them to just suffer and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think because that's the perspective of a lot of our generation is that they've suffered morally from people trying to specifically judge or control or what have you and a lot of it I think is dramatized but I think it's true nonetheless Um, it really puts a toll on how you now view God and what you think you're supposed to be receiving from God and even who God is Mm -hmm. and you end up having to work backwards as an adult and that's an insane situation to be in which is the point I was trying to lead to Mm -hmm. to have to be an adult and try to work backwards against what you have been brought up then you're putting yourself in a very strange place when it comes to your relationship with God Mm -hmm. because now it's just like I'm trying to undo what I believe was harmful but at the same time so many people have taken that opportunity to just say we're going to dispose of this God experience altogether yeah yeah and it's like I my heart breaks for that Mm-hmm. For, for our generation and for how we see God and how we view it because it's like well we are talking about wisdom and wisdom requires so much you know patience when it comes to your suffering mm-hmm. it requires so much understanding it comes with so much trying to you know it's literally pleading for mercy as you mentioned a little mm-hmm. while ago and so with all those things that you have to have a part of you when you have people that are just like I've been suffering for long enough it's hard to say it's like okay you know it's hard to to get them to accept that you just kind of got to hold on a little while longer and it's not like oh there's nothing we can do about that no there is something we can do about that there's Mm -hmm. ways we can edify people along this journey because we recognize that it's hard Mm -hmm. we recognize that 
everybody's walking through it as individuals and we have to treat people according to that because that's what I believe makes all the difference in the world and that's what encourages and increases and improves our wisdom and of course as we're talking making our path straight because now we have a group of people who have been gathered together who know that they're there to edify and to build up and to encourage and not to be critical or to tear down or to try to correct at every turn or to try to just use this opportunity to make you like me. Mm-hmm. It's like you really do have to know that there's love at the foundation at the bottom of this because if you're not affiliated with that love, then the process of wisdom is going to feel like God is just dragging you along mm-hmm. and he's going to keep breaking you down right. to try to remake you, to break you again, mm-hmm. to try to remake you. It's because, yeah, it's like God is taking you kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. It's like we know why God is taking you mm-hmm. kicking and screaming. But it's just like, what can we do to stop that cycle mm-hmm. of people having to be taken, kicking and screaming? And I believe love is the only thing that can do that, truly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you got to know that somebody loves you in order to take the harsh con- considerations of, yeah. of God. Yeah. Um, I, I think you are speaking to um, our generation really doing a lot of deconstruction when it comes to church and church things. And I think a part of that is shifting from... Um, the understanding of our relationship with God being transactional to our relationship with God um, being personal and um, intimate. Because if we have this idea that it's, it's, it's transactional, then we will view everything as, oh, how long am I just going to have this suffering? When am I just going to get what I am, am trying to get? It's like this is you know what we have to do in order to get what, what we want. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about how when you're raised in church, you go to church because your parents go and because you have to go. And when you get to a certain point where you get to decide, then your kind of relationship becomes your own. But I think it's like another round of that is kind of taking place now, which is like, OK, hold on. Even though I've been in church my whole life and never necessarily strayed from um, from church, what is my personal uh, definition and, and understanding or what do I you know, um, believe based on what I am reading and studying and learning about God and about who God is, not just based on what I was taught from the pulpit. And I think there's more like personal responsibility on, on some level that, uh, we're taking ownership of, or some people are at least. And I think that's what I'm, that I'm viewing it is that we're kind of, um, taking ownership of that, um, and being okay with that, uh, maybe shifting a bit of how our external expression of worship looks or how you might see my, my walk with God because that's less important. How you see it is, is less important. Um, it is yeah. to the extent that like we're in, in community with one another and if we're the only Jesus that people see, then they need to, we need to make sure that they're seeing Jesus. But in the context of being you know judged and criticized by other church folk, I really ain't got no time for that. None at all. Yeah, because yeah. you're not asking me how I'm viewing your walk. Because when you come into me with all this, I'm not really seeing no Jesus in that. So moving away from the kind of transactional nature and like the the legalism, um, then we're left with the 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 deeper rooted, more um, like relational and like spiritual, like soul level kind of Christianity. Um, and yeah. I think that our our churches maybe were missing that component for a long time, um, which means that they're not familiar with it now. And when we're not familiar, we reject the unfamiliar. Um, and I think that's maybe where some of the, the, the tension might be arising is in the rejection of, of the unfamiliar. But that unfamiliar is the the, the crux of, of what we're, of, of all of it, right? Which is like the Holy Spirit and like yeah. the indwell, indwelling of all of that. And like, what does that actually mean and look like? And how do we actually walk that? And how do we actually... Yeah. show that love and, and really, you know, access it in a, in real deep, like meaningful ways. And it's kind of sad. I think that that is the unfamiliar in some of our churches and that's what's being rejected on some level. Yeah. 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 And I think I, I just want to be clear, like the, all this, like, and I know I'd be talking about the church a lot. It, it's like <laughs> the church has done so much for me and there's been so many things in our faith that have molded and made me personally Mm -hmm. that I'm so thankful for that I hate the fact that because of a toxic spirit the good won't have a chance to survive Mm. 
uh, I'm not saying that God can't do and God can't raise up and God can't lift and God won't. But like, do we read the book of Revelations? Like God had a certain perspective like of, of it's like, I will remove your candlestick. He's mm -hmm. that type of God. Mm -hmm. Like I w you were given a light. You have not shown that light. Mm -hmm. I will remove your candlestick. Like we often, I think we, and, and this is just from my perspective and this is a ministry because I try to, you know, I'm, I'm on the individual faith. Your faith is yours tip. And I'm also on trying to figure out like, wow, this is really a community effort in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Because if we, if we can be honest, um, a lot of our spirituality now, it depends on the houses of worship that we were brought up in. Right. If we had been brought up in a different house of worship, we would be completely different people mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so there's such a communal aspect to the development of our faith mm -hmm. that you can't just, and especially just when I'm trying to plan ministry and, you know, look at church and try to navigate our territory. It's like, you can't just, you can't just stand up and say, well, everybody got to have their own individual faith. So don't judge each other. <laughs> it's like you can say that but at the same time you know how influential people are to one another right and so it's not just saying don't judge each other but how can you truly as a person who believes in god be somebody who doesn't necessarily even agree with somebody else's lifestyle but still find harmony in that mm -hmm. and it's like oh you mean to tell me that's exactly what jesus was trying to show us how to do right it's like <laughs> you mean that he was trying to tell us how to walk with tax collectors and thieves like mm -hmm. He was trying to show you how to be patient with murder. It's like, this was the lesson the entire time. Right. It's like, well, yeah, now that we know that, it's just like, well, everybody is coming to the table with their own individual bias. It's just everybody's got to come with enough humility to recognize that we're here only to build up one another. But also, if you've got a foothold in the church and you find yourself to be one of those people that are extremely rigid and, 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 and antagonistic towards a difference, yeah, you're very much the problem mm -hmm. and a very big problem and a problem that you're going to be held accountable for being mm -hmm. because all those things that people are trying to become that people need patience to see. And a lot of times it's not even like somebody's trying to get up in front of the church and say, church, I've been outside shooting BB guns at people as they pass by and kicking dogs you know what I'm saying it's not like people are trying mm -hmm. to get up and you know confess their confess you know that they've mm -hmm. just been evil people but it's just they need to be in a place where people understand that we all on that journey individually because when you have people in your life who understand that it really does make all the difference in the world yeah it re when they understand like you walk in your journey and I'm not trying to force you on a journey other than yours mm -hmm. that even in friendship is just like oh my goodness mm -hmm. Like, that's such a relief. That's so transformative. Mm -hmm. That changes my life mm -hmm. to know that you can honor me as an individual and still love and encourage and care for me. Mm -hmm. Because now that probably opened up a door to a life that I wouldn't have lived had it not been for your support and encouragement. Mm -hmm. And it's like now, oh, it's not just individual. Your support and encouragement can really change me. Right. And so I'm trying to right now uphold this individualistic faith because I have to because our churches are toxic environments mm -hmm. and so now it's just like because I know that I got to have my own individual faith it's like I don't want to come to church and and have to keep my faith from you you feel what I'm saying yeah. because you gonna be damaging to my faith I don't want to have to come to the house of worship and keep my faith from you I want you to be there to edify and encourage my faith and mm -hmm. it's like all these things are just really entry points into what I believe Jesus came to fix and also the lesson that I just think kind of escapes us because we have this, 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 this fixation. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. That was, that was a lot. Yeah. That was a lot. I, I don't think I have too much to, <laughs> to add to that. We're already over time. We're going to have to just go ahead and put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, that was, yeah, it sure was. My goodness. Mm -hmm. That time flew. All right. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody who's yeah. under the sound of our voices. Uh, it really is important that you are a part of the conversation. I hope you're talking back to your, your, your audio right now uh, <laughs> as we dialogue, really pause and figure it out. Cause that that's really encouraging to me. Uh, yeah. So yeah. any last thoughts? I'm, I'm clean. No, no, I don't think so. I think I'm thinking about a lot today, so <laughs> I have too many thoughts to share any. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're just so grateful for your presence in our lives, in each and every one of our lives. We are grateful that you are a God of fluency, Lord, and that even when we don't understand what's what's happening, that you have full knowledge of, of every single part of our lives, and we thank you for that. 
uh, we thank you for the community that we are building here and we just pray that uh, those who are listening are are encouraged um, by what it is that we're doing here and we thank you for even giving us the opportunity to do so um, we, we just pray for comfort and peace for all those who need it god those who are under the sound of our voice and those who are not there's a lot of heartache um, happening in our in our world right now and um, we know that you know all things and um, even, when, even when we don't, uh, we know that you're still in control and just allow us to rest in that, God. And now we pray that we are loving and kind and compassionate towards one another um, as we continue to try to navigate through this world. Please continue to bless all of us. Uh, continue to watch over us until we can meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Lord, thank you so much for not only this conversation, but for Camille and her bravery and endurance and sifting through it father we thank you for everything that you have brought into her life and through her and we ask that you strengthen her right now and whatever it is that's well that that's uh that's that's bubbling in her heart father that that's um, sitting in her soul we're asking father that you give her the guidance and the strength that she needs in order to take the next step forward father we thank you for the service that she continues to provide in ministries and we're asking that you continue to be her guide and her god keep us all in jesus name amen you didn't need to do that, but thank you. Uh, my Bible said, pray without ceasing. Mm. That's, what it said. that's in he there. Still, that's in was, there. He was still listening. He was still listening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But uh, thank you guys again so much for listening, for joining in, and being a part of our conversation. Until next time, may God bless you and may God keep you. Bye, everyone. Again, we thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at church at northsidecoc.church or on our social media pages on Facebook at Northside Church of Christ, the one in Riverside, or on Instagram at live.peaceably.